culture, society, on every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out. And you forgot your jacket. And oh my god, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... (sighs) So download the Drizzly app, or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest cheese spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. Or you can always join our private Facebook group. It is always a good time in our private Facebook group. The link is is in the description below. So go and click it and join. Um, I'm excited because this is it. My new Housewives Watching Wine, this delicious rosé, is finally out and available and on sale. I've been talking about it for weeks. I've been pimping it out. If you follow my Instagram, that's probably all you're seeing right now. Um, whether it's me naked dancing in the shower with cans like covering Makuchi, or it's me doing like Housewives impressions, like that's all you're probably going to see for the next several several weeks. Um, it's just me half naked trying to sell this wine because it's delicious and it's strong. I'm telling people because people, the biggest feedback that I'm getting from it right now is that they don't expect it to be as strong as it actually is. This is literally like three and a half white claws or like three, one can is three lover boys. So it's strong. It's tiny, but it's mighty and it's delicious. I'm so grateful to my partners at Elix for helping me create this Housewives Watching Wine, which is inspired by some of my favorite, most iconic moments on these Housewives shows. Today I'm drinking... I'm ready to mention it all. We also have I Stole Kim's Goddamn House. Now tell me who go and check me, boo. And I'm ready to flip a table. So get ready. It's good. It's delicious. It's on sale right now at nofilterwine.com. Please send me your pics. Um, you don't have to be naked. Um, but if you, you know, however you want to promote my wine, I, I'm not going to mind. And if these two want to get naked and promote my wine, then I'm happy to, to to repost their stories on my story. Today, this this week is actually like a double, I'm calling it like my double trouble week. It's my birthday week. My birthday's on Tuesday. So I have two guests on today and then I have two guests on this Wednesday. I have DJ Nicole Rose and Brody from The Big Shot with Bethany. And they're giving me all the tea on Bethany and The Big Shot which I don't think is being picked up for a second season now. Um, But I asked them all the questions. Like, was that job even real? What the fuck does Maloxie actually do for Bethany? Apparently she hasn't even started working for Bethany yet. So I get the tea from them. So get ready. That's coming out this Wednesday. DJ Rosé and Brody. Um, But first... 
before we dive into all the tea, I have to welcome my very special guests. It's it's, it's a double week. Uh, please welcome the face behind Faces by Bravo, Mr. Steve. Hello, hello. I'm drinking I Stole Kim's Goddamn House today. I love it. Are you enjoying it? It's mm-hmm. strong. Don't chug. It's Well, I mean, I feel like you can handle your liquor. Can I can handle, handle my alcohol. I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> and the man behind Up and Adam, you'll probably recognize him from his explosive interview with Fallon. Please welcome Mr. Adam Newell. Hi, hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm not drinking Kim Stole My Goddamn House <laughs> because... I haven't got my shipment yet. I think Florida might be lacking. Florida is lacking. I checked your shipping and it'll be arriving by the end of the day today. So tonight you can uh, get Liddy City and laid. Let's be All honest. Right. Florida always lacking. Let's be real. I, hey, <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But as Zach always says, I will take my Kim stole my goddamn house and I will have my pineapple and I will spend it with my fiance promoting your wine. Steve, there we go. are you a fan of pineapple, Steve? You know what? I don't eat fruit, period. But I do like the pineapple reference. Is there something, <laughs> is there like, I'm, I'm sure someone at some point is going to come out with like pineapple extract. Just you know to, I mean? you know, sweeten everything. Mm-hmm. Sweeten hey, everything. this is your chance. You just thought of it. Oh, there yeah. we go. Listen, Adam, we go. I have to sell wine. I can't launch another product <laughs> yet. Why not? They do it on Housewives all the time. Okay, I'm not Ramona, no cheater brands, <laughs> no fake businesses. I'm not going to, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll come out with the toaster oven next week. We'll see. TBD. Oh, okay, cheater brand. It's all up in the air. <laughs> um, okay, so I need to know, well, actually, before we dive into The Housewife and The Hustler, which I was watching on Hulu, and I have so many thoughts and opinions about that. But Adam, I want to talk about your interview with Fallon. Steve, did you watch the interview? I did, yes. What was your impression and takeaways before we get Adam's team? It's interesting because I had heard from obviously other people a different side of obviously not her side of the argument and hearing her tell her story was a completely different story. So it was interesting to hear both and be like, oh my God, I wonder what's actually true. I'm leaning more towards believing Fallon though. She seems very genuine and um, maybe she's fooling me, but I feel like she's truly heartbroken. Do you think she cheated? It's weird because I, I, again, I was told a lot of this stuff that she had, but I don't know. She really sold me. Adam, what were your thoughts of Fallon after you interviewed her? You know, um, when we did the interview, she spent a couple hours getting glammed up and getting ready. um, And everyone, it was interesting to hear the feedback because so many people were like, these questions were rehearsed. Let me just be very clear. She did not have the questions. And that was part of me going to Atlanta to do the interview. I did not want this to feel rehearsed or to have her completely control everything because then what is my job in it? Right. Yeah. So when I went to the studio and I met with Fallon, um, she came off, you know, super sweet. And then we had a few tough conversations and she broke down a couple of times, which prolonged us actually filming the interview And you could tell it was so genuine. And when we were talking, she made it very clear. And I think I also made it very clear. If you ever go on my YouTube channel, I don't, I'm not the one who's going to trash somebody. I'm not going to like rake your name through the mud. There's so many other creators who are more than happy to do that for you. But when I started my channel, I started it in the middle of the global pandemic at a 
in a time when, you know, it was negativity everywhere. So I wanted to create a positive platform. And when I spoke with her, she was fully on board. She wanted to use this as a moment to close this chapter of her life, speak her truth one time. She was only going to do it one time. And she didn't feel the need to trash Portia like everyone wanted her to do. And I seriously applaud that because it would have been so easy for her to take that route. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, after finishing the interview, we went out to dinner with a few friends. Um, and I, I just found her to be amazing. I'm going to hopefully be meeting her next weekend in Miami. I made a friend out of this interview and I really just, again, I applaud her. So I, I know a few people kind of ripped into me and I read some of the comments of people saying, oh, you know, Adam, don't do that. you're, you're not, I know, I know, stay away from the comments if you're creating anything. Um, but people were saying, you know, Adam, you didn't do this justice. You didn't go in on her like you should have. You should have had her trash Portia. She's holding back. And that wasn't my job to do. And I also wasn't going there to be the star. I, I was going there to simply ask questions and try to get the best truth possible out of the interview. And I even read some comments where people were like, you didn't address if she's pregnant. Mind you, when the trailer dropped, we dropped the trailer exactly one week before the interview. And when we dropped the trailer, her soon-to-be ex-husband, Simon, started dropping all of this information on social media of her cheating with her assistant, which is not true, and her being pregnant and all of these other things. These came out after we already filmed the interview. So that was not a question that would have been asked in the interview anyways. Had this dropped before, 100% I would have asked her, Fallon, are you with child? give it to me. But yeah, it it didn't come up until after. No. Yeah. And And that's, Oh, go go ahead, Steve. I'd also love to say to the people telling you how to run your interview is why don't you go do it yourself? (laughs) Hey, Steve, I like that. To be honest, like, cause I, I, I feel you in so many ways, Adam, because, um, a lot of people have a lot of balls to come into your DMS, into Mm -hmm. your comments and all of the stuff that you're creating, telling what you're doing wrong. And it's like, well, first of all, one, you're here and you're looking at it, you can choose to not be here and watching it. Two, you can make one yourself. Go reach out to Fallon, go get her to do an interview with you. Go fly up there for 20 hours and do you, do this yeah. all yourself if you think I did a shitty job. No, yeah, right? the people like, in the hate, comments have no idea yeah, the work that goes into that we put doing into this any stuff. of this. But Adam, yes. I, do, I wanna know, who did Brielle have to blow for you to get that interview? <laughs> <laughs> Rail did not have to blow anyone for me to get the interview. Um, Actually, I did an interview with Fallon as soon as her episode came out on the Real Housewives of Atlanta, um, where we had the opportunity to meet her in her home when Mm. Portia went over there. Um, And I reached out to her and we had a great conversation. And she said that she felt like she felt very safe in that conversation. So I don't want to take that as a testament, but it, it made me feel good. Yeah. You know, I was in the car with Jason and my dad. Um, we were getting some stuff done. And all of a sudden, I received a text message from Fallon saying, hey, can you talk? And then we spent about two hours on the phone. It was about a week before the interview. And we came up with this plan to get this interview out there, you know, and she knew because she received offers from other places. And I believe Wendy Williams was one of them, even though Wendy did ask her producer, did we reach out to her? And they're like, I don't believe so. I believe so. But um, she received offers from different people and she knew going on there that it could easily turn into a Porsche bashing situation. And that wasn't her point of speaking her piece. She took 
actually, if anybody, I mean, if for people who don't know, she took a couple weeks off of social media and took that time to recollect herself, recollect her thoughts, figure out how she's going to navigate this, what's important and what's not. And going on this hate train was not important for her. So. You know, what else was interesting watching that um, interview was the parallels I found from Kelsey and Camille Mm. to Simon and Portia, or sorry, Simon and Fallon. (laughs) Um, The whole like, oh, I didn't even want to do Housewives. I didn't want to do, it was like their men were setting them up to go on and this is how I'm going to leave almost that's just the feeling i got from it it was such an interesting like just some of the comments she made it made me think back to when camille was getting divorced yeah and what she would say and i was just like oh my gosh this parallel is eerie and it's like 10 years later 11 years later or whatever Mm -hmm. which was so interesting too because when i was talking to her when i asked her in the first interview that i ever did with her via zoom Um, she said, you know, yes, I would join the show again. Um, I had the producers knocking on my door for over three seasons. And at that time in my life, I was not ready to invite the cameras into my home. And Simon kept pushing her to do it um, and telling her that it would be good for her spiritual growth, whatever that means. And, you know, she finally said, okay, you know, my husband's backing me. This is something that he thinks that I would be really good at. I'm going to do it. And then, she was expecting a call, like she said in the interview, um, when they started casting again for the new season of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. She's waiting for her call, doesn't get a call, then calls one of the other cast members and says, what's going on? And they told her, well, f- from what I heard, allegedly the producer said that you're not on brand, like your, your moment that you had with Latoya in your house and picking up the golf club did not look good for the network. So we're not going to invite you back. Now, what I didn't understand about that is that there are so many other housewives who like done 10 times worse. Portia. I mean, Portia has dragged Kenya off the reunion floor. She allegedly beat up one of her friends in that back alley of a Christmas party. She kicked Cynthia in the stomach on a boat. I'm not trying to bash Portia. I love Portia on the show, but I'm saying I don't understand. It goes back to, a few of these moments where I found myself questioning what is the actual line for Bravo? You know, we saw so many of the Vanderpump rules members get cast or not casted, but axed from the show, rightfully so for some very disgusting comments. Right. But then you have other housewives who we've seen from different franchises who have had tweets resurface where they're hateful towards the LGBTQIA plus community. So Candace. what is that line? I don't understand. <laughs> Well, only because I saw Candace's man coming for you on yes. Twitter, Adam. And I was like, this bitch. I'm like, can he like go pretend he's managing her music career? Like, what are we doing? You know, I couldn't like Jason and I got into a little bit of a tizzy back and forth over this because I don't respond. Yeah. Ever. I always oh, take Jason you was know, responding. Oh, Jason. Oh, Jason, was, like, was, Jason was responding and sharing the screenshots on Instagram. I was mm-hmm. here for all of it. Oh, he was livid. But, you know, the same way that I think Chris felt like he was protecting Candace, I think Jason was kind of like, you can't respond to this, but I will. And, you know, then I had Chris a back and forth with Chris in my DMs. And he's like, I'm not going to do this. I've done this with other bloggers, been down this road. Like, I, I'm not doing this again. And I'm thinking in my head, 
you literally just slandered my name and called me fraud. And then you're telling me you're not going to do this. You open this can. And I don't, I don't have any want to, or will to participate in this conversation. And then I saw more, of course, on Candace's Twitter and saying that I was lying on her and all of these other things. I was, I never lied on her. All I simply talked about in my video was the fact that Potomac could potentially lose a housewife. Now, did I ever say it was Candace? No, I didn't. I was talking about the Monique Candace situation, covering it as most of us do when we cover these topics. And that was a hot topic when it came to Potomac. It, like many of the franchises, you know, when you go through a whole season, you have one main annoying storyline. Like that was one. Stripper gate was another. Panty gate was one. Puppy gate. We always get one storyline that carries the season. And that was it. So everyone was talking about it. And even though I did an amazing interview with Candace, it didn't mean that it was off limits. Right. And when I did that interview, I asked her, you know, how does she feel about the firings, the Bravo firings? And she made her stance very clear. These people should be fired and should be held accountable for what they said and did, even if it was in a tweet, even if it was years ago. So in my mind, I was like, "Mm, girl, you kind of ate those words when you weren't expecting your tweets to come out that weren't so tasteful either. Yeah. I mean, but, she it, can't, but she got her job back and and got to fight with Monique and got a contract. And here she is this season throwing stuff at the new girl at Mia. I think Mia was actually throwing Mia stuff started, at her. Mia started it. But-, <laughs> but my favorite part of that is Mia literally just grabs a handful, throws it. Candace is like a little pip squeak, like trying to grab and trying yeah, to throw back. Throw it it's back. So And Mia's already like funny. down the hall at that point. It's I'm- so funny. I mean, I think Mia towers over that girl. (laughs) And again, you know, I actually, to, to be fair, I like Candace on the show. I don't necessarily sometimes with the post post it notes and it, it seems a little bit over the top, but I don't want to judge her pain. Obviously it's a very dramatic or traumatic situation when someone puts their hands on you. Right. So I don't want to take anything away from her. And I, I really like her on the show because she is so intelligent. She's beautiful. She really seems like she can read the girls for filth and then she can repair those relationships. And that's what we look for in a housewife. So uh, there's no, I was just, I felt so blindsided by that. I was like, I don't even know what the hell is happening. Is this because the Fallon interview is so explosive and you see all the attention that's getting. So then maybe there was a tweet that you felt like you needed to put out and not Candace, but you know, her husband. And I I didn't understand. And I also don't care to, as soon as the next day came and those tweets stopped, I I just said my piece and I said, you know what? Um, Look forward to watching you in July on Bravo. Everybody tune in. I tagged Bravo, hashtag Real Housewives to Potomac. I don't necessarily think she loved that, Um, but it is what it is. I don't care. I'm not here to fight with housewives. I'm here to interview them and have conversations, cover their stuff. I've had my fair share fight with housewives and it's like so, it's so fucking stupid. I'm like, do you not realize like we're the ones that like keep you relevant on the show? Like, you know, we're the ones that continue to like give you a platform and, you know, share your faces by Bravo on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I I mean, I knew Candace, I've been... uh, I've hung out with her a couple times um, through Monique and I always loved Candace. I always thought she was great. Um, I think 
my biggest problem with Candace on the show was I felt like she was doing the most on the show and not showing her true self yeah. in a lot of ways. And that's what always drove me nuts. And speaking of sliding into the DMs, I remember last year I post reposted her Instagram live where she talks about the plot and the baby thing reposted it on my story and she slid in my dms you better be careful and i'm like careful about what <sighs> this is your instagram live that i am reposting what do you mean i need to be careful it's you saying these things i mean what do i what do i need to be careful about she's i mean you know, too much i've never actually revealed that i don't think anywhere but here we well, go now we know now we've said it um <laughs> But Steve, what was it like when you got to go live with Andy Cohen? Because he actually dodged your question about Potomac and when it was coming back. And it was like, what, less than 48 hours later that the trailer drops with the release date as if he didn't know anything? I thought it was so fun. The The worst part of that whole thing was I had no idea my screen was blurry the whole time. I literally thought, because on my end, it, I could see myself, I yeah. could see him. And then later after I get off this like huge high, all of a sudden <laughs> I see all these people sending me screenshots and I'm like, you're kidding. I was literally we couldn't like see a RuPaul season one Vaseline filter the whole time. Like what? <laughs> but um, no, that was incredible. It was so awesome. And um, it was great. I mean, I, I wanted to know these answers. Get these trailers out, girl. I'm ready. You busted out with the questions. Okay, overall, how would you rate The Housewife and The Hustler 1 out of 10, Adam? Oh, I honestly, I would I have to give them a 10 to be fair. I really do because they gave the victims a voice and I thought the production level of it all was amazing. Uh, actually, I'll give it a 9 because there were some people speaking on there that I was like, "Why the hell are you here?" Um Dana Wilkie and Danielle Staub. Uh, I'm no, going to interject Dana right now on that. The Danielle Staub of it all, when she said she was like the best casting next to me. Pardon? Girl, <laughs> like what? I need to know what universe Beverly lives in because oh, not Beverly. like what? Like second best, ca like girl, you've been on for two full-time seasons. And as a friend, they were able to drag you along because they knew you would thirsty for more to be, a, you know, full-time, but you were a friend for a couple seasons. They used your ass. Like, it's it was fascinating to watch the level of delusion as well as the hair extensions that Beverly decided to use that were two different colors when they zoomed in it was like orange up top and then brown and i would never even notice that oh i like i when i saw that i was like girl <laughs> we need to we need to redo all of this come back let's go get glammed up come back and sit in the chair we'll talk about it I mean, Again. if she's comparing herself to Erica Jane, she should at right? least hire one of the one of her glam squad. Thank you. Like, you cannot be talking about someone is the second best to you when you come out with two different colored hair extensions. It was so bad. Okay, what's your rating? One out of ten. Me? Uh, I would say nine. I, I nine. agree with Adam. Wow. Because I thought it was very good. The Danielle of it all was a lot for me. Because Danielle was talking about her as if she knows this woman. Yeah. She's like, I've worked with her once or twice on Watch Happens Live. 
pro- you would know if you worked with her once, once or, or, or twice. twice. Yeah. Yeah. Like she was acting as if she knows this woman. And I did not like that. Um, what I agree with Adam on is the uh, like bringing the victims. A lot of these faces, I did not expect to see all of these victims yeah. being interviewed. And I think that is what made the documentary for me because we're not just focusing on the wrongdoing by the people that allegedly had the wrongdoings. We're talking about the people that are going through it and the ones that have had to go through it for years and have been done wrong by Tom Girardi. And those are the voices we really need to be hearing from because they are the ones that are affected by a lot of this. And that stuff you cannot make up or fabricate yeah. in a way, you know, Their experiences. No, absolutely. I feel like, I think I agree with oh, you and guys. shout out to Matt Hamilton, who is one of our friends that was on. He was the, in it. Yes, he's the investigative journalist for, oh. I think, LA Times now. Love it. Yes. Um, no, I think I agree with you guys. Like, I would say maybe an eight or a nine out of ten. I think what made it because when I saw the trailer, and you guys have to admit that trailer was trash. It looked like an intern edited it, and it was like, what is happening? Why do we? Why is Dana narrating most of it? Like, it was so like badly like it looked like someone went on iMovie and they're like we're just gonna slap something together really quickly because this story is popular so as I was watching the documentary I was actually very impressed with the production value um the fact that we opened with Danielle Stop, like it's so bad but it's so good at the same time right. that like, like why did you- we open up with Danielle slowly walking in in her heels and her Louboutins she, she gave me she gave me the Fallon vibes when she when they started panning up I was like wow this looks like the same okay <laughs> um but you know when she opened up with the you know I've worked with her one or two times and you know I've met many fake people and it just turns out that she's one of them I was like boom that's what we're starting with and wow. then I love how they dramatize this whole glamorous life of Erica, which she does have a very glamorous life or did, right? But then they're showing her paparazzi, 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 and they kind of build her up and then boom, we bring in the victims. And I was like, oh my gosh. Whoever edited the trailer, maybe no, but whoever edited the documentary, so they knew what they were doing. It was good. And I think what made this different, because going into it, I was like, it's going to be a lot of the same that we've all already talked about on our own platforms. You know, it's going to be all the same details. It's going to be the same retelling of their marriage or their storyline or what broke. But the fact that they got the victims to come and share their sides and that was the meat of the documentary, I think that's what actually made it better than what I was expecting. You know what I just literally realized right now? The timing of them dropping this right now, tomorrow starts the journey of Erica and Tom because she the they announced the divorce last episode, right? This episode will start our journey with Erica and Tom on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I just realized that now. Them dropping this today is actually brilliant. Are they? Are we getting an episode of Beverly Hills next week? We didn't get previews. Oh, because today's Monday, duh. I'm a fucking moron. Yeah, tomorrow. I, I know. was thinking Wait, it was today, Thursday. Maybe because it's Pride. It, for some odd reason, it feels like today was a Sunday and tomorrow is going to be Monday. But no, it's today's Monday. No, we get it on Wednesday, right? Yeah. We get, oh, shit. Sorry. We get, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, it's Pride Month. We have a lot yes. going on. We have a lot going on. Which, <laughs> Sorry, I'm pride, gay. That's why I don't have my dates right. I don't know. A toast <laughs> to Pride. Like cheers to... <laughs> 
cheers to us for liking dick yes <laughs> we love dick i still don't have my rosé so. oh i thought you were gonna say <laughs> i still you like don't dick have dick question <laughs> well i mean you guys can't put i'm like the good guy i'm clean you can't put me on the spot like that you don't like dick I, I mean, hey, I'm in a relationship with a male, so I. So you like some dick? It's okay. okay to say it. It's okay. I'm not this vulgar. I'm blushing. Oh, sorry. Steve, <laughs> Brandy Glanville here tonight. You're the Brandy, and what would Adam would be? The I don't know. Adam would be Heather Dubrow. Heather Dubrow, yes. I'm Tamra. You're Heather. Oof. I'll take it. Does that there make you me Vicky? You're Vicky. No, no, thank you. I'll pass. No, thanks. Let's pass on that. Yeah. Um, okay. So what would you say was the biggest revelation that you learned? For me, it would be that Tom is 5'5". Five five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that tracks, though. He gives me little man syndrome a little bit. Like, he is proving himself with his big dick money, fat wallet, you know? Yeah. But from being five, five and he's super confident. That makes sense for me. I think I would say I've been over the past few months since everything has come out. I've been slowly going from like, Oh, Erica has to know that this was going on the whole time to, I don't know if she knows or if she knew. And this kind of reinvigorated in me, like, does she know or does she? I'm more in that debate again. Whereas I've been slowly being more and more like, I don't think she knew this whole time. I don't think, I think she was yeah. kept in the dark. I think so too. I mean, I maybe because we know Los Angeles a little better. And like, I've talked about this with Emily D. Baker, Adam, that like lawyers don't just come home and are like, this is everything about my right. case. You know, this is like most housewives in Beverly Hills are just in Los Angeles that are younger, that marry these older men that are very wealthy. They don't care where the money's coming from. As long as their credit card doesn't get declined, they don't care, you know? And I think Tom had such a big rep. You have Governor Gavin Newsom going on Watch What Happens Live talking about how, you know, he's so close to Tom Girardi who makes all of these donations to all these polit- all these local politicians that it's like he had so much power and influence. And I think a lot of people were like, maybe he's shady, but let me just turn the other cheek. And not to mention too, Emily D. Baker did say this, you know, sometimes the less, you know, the better, Yeah. you know? Yeah. So maybe honestly, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look at it from a, hopefully Erica Girardi did not know perspective because you don't want to think that, you know, both of them were this way where you yeah. can just, go out here and flaunt this sort of wealth, knowing that you're taking money, food, medical bills away from widows, orphans, plane crash victims, burn victims, like it's terrible. So you would hope that she really wouldn't know. But honestly, I'm just waiting to see what happens. Like, I'm curious why when she was served the subpoenas that she never showed up for, you know, or she never responded. That makes me kind of wonder. I'm also... But if there, Tom was like her a, lawyer, he would very much be like, you don't have to worry about it. I'll take care of it. Because that's one thing that I caught that she did at the last reunion, the one where Camille was taking her dress off and walking out. At that reunion, it was brought up about Tom getting sued by one of his former clients. And she's like, oh, yeah, that was just a big misunderstanding. I talked to him about it. He's taking care of it. So I think as this stuff was starting to break out in the press, he was very much like, don't worry about it. I'll take like it's it's handled. What I'll say that I worry about 
for her is, and this is what I think prompted me at the beginning to be worried about like, oh, she probably knew about this. Well, one thing, Bethany's quote to Sonia always remains in my head about this. You can't play smart and dumb at the same time. And Erica's always played smart. Um, So part of me just is like, you can't not know this is happening. And what really triggered me at the beginning was knowing, you know, under EJ Global, under a lot of these businesses, she's listed as secretary. And in that, from what I know, I mean, I'm not an expert at all in this field, but from what I know, that's, she's, should be privy to a lot of information if you're that listed in this corporation. Yeah. I think it was as a like a board title. member, as any of this. Like you would have to know a lot, I would assume. You would assume but I don't like, know. I don't know. But I've dealt with I've been with companies that have a board of directors and the board of directors, like it's really it's a just a vanity head. title. You know, yeah. they have zero input when they right. are asked to be involved. They don't care. It's either vanity or it's money. So it was either right. to give her t- to be a figurehead or to give her a cut of the money. And Tom sure. was like, this is what we'll do. Um, and for me, I'm not saying like, I don't want people to think that I'm trying to say that she's innocent. I'm just saying, I want to see it all play out before Same. I make a decision. I want to see it all. Whereas most most people are in the comments are like, she knew, Zach. She knew. I oh, know no. she knew. I'm Everywhere. like, you know what, Janet from Bad Girl 12345 on Instagram in Wisconsin? Like, how do you know? Like, what? But, <laughs> but Janet right. knows. And there's that. And it's like, I'm sorry. If it was, if there was confidence that she ha- she knew, there would be charges out there, right? Yeah, they would have charged her with something by now. And that's the thing where I feel like people kept lumping her and Jen Shaw together a lot. And I'm like, Jen Shaw has been charged by the Southern District of New York, who is not going to fuck around with anybody. Pardon my fuck. By the feds, they don't um, mess around. Yeah, they're not fucking around. Whereas Erica Jane has not been charged with anything yet. We have to remember no charges are against her yet. So we do not know if she's known anything. And if they knew without reasonable doubt in their head, they would put charges out there saying that she knew they had proof. I have to say too, you know, I think the reason that a lot of the fans are reacting the way that they are, and they are so quick to crucify her is because the questionable timeline of events from the divorce to all of a sudden, you know, these uh, embezzlement charges are, coming their way then the assets are getting liquidated then once they find out the house is going up for sale the house is burglarized and you know oh, being totally. diagnosed with alzheimer's and demand like these things just leading up it it just puts red flags out there and makes you question even though it could just be a total coincidence it of course is going to make people be like what the hell is actually going on and then i think another thing or reason fans are so quick to go after her is because, you know, she did say um, we don't share any community property aside from a few household items. And she talks about, or they talk about how she was gifted over $20 million of gifts over the time span of her marriage. And she says, though, that is not community property to be liquidated. That is my shit. Those were gifts from my husband. And people are like, wait a minute, are you, these are victims of tragic 
you know, circumstances, what are you talking about? You're not willing to cooperate in some capacity and start handing shit over. Like you can't lose the Cartier ring worth $150,000 or the diamond tennis bracelet. What are we doing? And so it makes that's people- my question about that. And someone picked up, which I didn't even think about um, when I was watching it, but I guess during the show, they've been saying strategically, it seems like, oh, that's a gift from so-and-so, a gift from so-and-so. My thought is, or my impression was, if it's gifted from somebody other than Tom Girardi, wouldn't that mean that that would belong to her? Versus if it was gifted from Tom Girardi, that's obviously being stolen from, or I mean, bought with alleged stolen funds. Whereas if, say, a brand which I'm not, I mean, let's just say, I don't know, like Louis Vuitton gifted something or Chanel or whatever, gifted her that, that's her money versus Tom Girardi buying a $170,000 necklace and gifting it to her, right? Is that the difference? I I don't know. I think like part of what I think she, the hard part is I think a lot of people are coming to these conclusions because we haven't heard her side or her say anything and I think part of the reason she is trying to keep all of this property is probably because if she really didn't know this man that she was married to for 20 years betrayed her in this way she would be like well shit no I want to hold on to as much as I can like she doesn't realize how tone deaf and narcissistic and self-absorbed that that is in comparison to the other people that are owed money that at some point I would think maybe you would want to bargain with some of it but then maybe her lawyer saying well don't bargain yet because if you do that admits guilt so that's I mean, what i was just gonna say i think like if she so starts many... to partner and be do the right thing and that yeah. that could bite her in the ass in the end yeah. saying like oh so you you feel guilty about this you want to you know give this away and it's yeah. like no you can't win either you can't way win. in that yeah. sense you really you just... can't you you just simply can't win. Adam, what did you think of Tom finally speaking out? So he's now coming out and saying he wants out of this conservatorship. It never should have happened. Basically blowing up the argument that he isn't of sound mind and making it look like he's now going to be representing himself in these cases. You know, I, I found it interesting because I... At first, I was like, okay, well, like you said, that's blowing up the argument. But then I'm reading a lot of the comments, which again, I should not do, but I do. (laughs) And I'm reading the comments and people are like, he almost in that statement sounded like he didn't realize that it was a court hearing that he was speaking in. And people are like, well, maybe this is a part of the whole, like trying to play this up Mm. and act like you know, I don't know where I'm at, but I don't need the conservatorship when really it's going to make people think, well, if you really don't know where you're at and you're addressing the court, but you don't know you're in court saying that you will eventually address the court. How sound is your mind? Like, is this a game? Everyone has the same questions. Yeah, I agree on that. Like, I think, and what shocked me in the interview for the housewife and the hustler was the guy that said, Well, months ago before the pandemic, he was out doing speeches and all of this stuff. But then all of a sudden now he has Alzheimer's dementia. That's the thing is you can't speak on someone's Alzheimer's dementia situation because it can happen so quickly like that. It really can. Not to say 
that it is all true. And I, you know, it all feels very convenient. Yes. But to me, him saying, I don't need a conservator is him doing, he's even proving his point even more. Yeah. That he, or that they are proving his point even more that he may not be of sound mind because I know if I were him and his situation and I did something like that, I would not want to speak. I would want someone else to do whatever they can for me. And so I think that actually proves kind of that maybe he is not in sound mind right now. It's possible. Adam, what is Emily saying about this? I know you chatted with her recently. She said kind of the same thing that we're, we're all saying is, you know, it seems very coincidental, you know, the timeline of events and, you know, could it be true? Yes. Is it? We don't, we have to wait and see how this plays out. You know, I think one of the biggest things too, that we found out with Ronald Richards being brought onto the case by the trustees and Erica and her team trying to stop that we've seen him we've all seen him on Twitter. He's been so active. He's opinionated, you know, and like she said, maybe he'll be less opinionated now because he is being brought on to the case cases. But, um, it's just the whole thing is fascinating. And I knew it was a matter of time before they were going to make some sort of special out of this. I'm sure eventually it's going to be some like shit lifetime movie or something, but it, it's just intriguing and it's terrible. And we all have so many questions. I think that we're all going to be glued to the screen for the rest of this Beverly Hills season, because everyone is waiting for that slip up moment of her showing either some sort of weakness or like accidentally giving us too much information, showcasing something maybe she shouldn't have, you know, we're all waiting for that moment. Because this was breaking in real time as she was filming it. Right. And you, you know, Bravo and Andy Cohen has spoken on this before. Um, They do not protect the talent, just like Jen Shaw, her arrest will be, you know, on the next season, they're going to show all of the hardships that she's going through in the meantime, trying to navigate these lawsuits and and allegedly start filming season three as season two is airing. Exactly. And all of this is I mean, it's all you're not protected. It's all going to be on camera. And you even know that the court will most likely subpoena, right? The the, is that I, I believe that's what it's called. Subpoena yeah, the raw footage. That for DC. Yeah, the raw footage just to see what the hell actually was in that home? What Think was about, that? like, even just the little camera moments where no one's speaking, just filming the home. They could look and take an itemized list of everything that is in that home. Yep. Yeah. They, they can use just the speaking moment. Like, it's, they can use yeah. everything against you, just like Dorit's nose. Okay. <laughs> even though, <laughs> even though, you know, like lawyers might not be able to identify every piece of jewelry, like the footage is so clear and they might bring on an expert. That's like, no, that's a Chanel, blah, blah, blah from this time. And that's worth this. This is a Chanel cuff from here. Like mm-hmm. they're going to pick apart every single thing that they can. Mind you, Ronald Richards is not getting paid to come on and join these cases. Emily D Baker was the one who shared that with me. He's fronting his own money to join and hopes that almost like a real estate agent who sells a home to get that 35 to 45% commission of everything that he helps get seized. And that's a lot of money. So if I were Ronald Richards, I would be pause and I would be writing down every single piece of clothing, jewelry, every article of everything and saying, can you please explain this? And I want to know what money was this bought for? Oh, it was a gift, a gift from who? 
Okay, it's a gift from this other housewife. Great, we're going to have her come in and verify that. And then she's going to put herself in the line of fire for you? I don't think so. So this is this is where things are about to get a little bit messy. Yeah, come on, Lisa Rinna, and let us know if you really gifted her this Lisa Rinna HSN collection. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, God. nobody wants that. <laughs> I'm just I think, kidding. Steve, I'm I think just kidding. We love the, hey, listen, I, I will be here for the Rena Beauty before the HSN collection. And mind you, I love Lisa Rena on the show. So I'm kidding. She can take fun shade. It's harmless. I'm not talking yeah. about the husband. No, I yeah. love, love me some Lisa Rena. I do. I do too. I don't think you realize like saying that we love Lisa Rinna and like trying to like stay objective with this Girardi stuff until we see it all play out. We're going to get ripped apart in the comments. Like you guys just know <laughs> that, right? Like we might as well just have fun with it while you're in there. Let's do a, a, a kill bang Mary with a three. Hey, and I, I'll just try not to read these comments. Like I always, <laughs> that's say, why that, that'll prevent them. us from reading the comments. If they do a full, and you know that they would, these, some people are just vile. Um, all right. Any closing thoughts before we move into Shady Rapid Fire? Shady Spitfire. Um, there was something else I wanted to say about. Oh, the sh- what shocked me a lot, too, was the Lion Air victim. That bringing on someone, you know, from Indonesia. I don't know why I didn't know this. I did not know somebody in Indonesia was like Tom's clients. Like that also was such a a moment for me because you're watching this man walk through the streets in Indonesia saying, I hope that I'll, maybe I'll get paid next week. Maybe I'll get paid next month. I don't know if I'll get paid in two months from now, who knows? And like seeing his email typed out, you know, like I want to hear from Mr. Tom himself, like when I'm getting, I don't know. I just felt like this documentary was done very very well it was and it shocked me because i was blown away by the amount of victims that they put in there and they focused on that versus focusing on as much on On the the scandal of it all and the scandal of it all is juicy sure but we all have to remember the victims first and these are the ones that are truly suffering through this and my heart broke for the two best friends from preschool that had two major tragedies in their lives. And knowing that the one mom said, like, her son's here. My son is not here. We need to focus on him. Like, that to me was just so powerful. And I'm just like, let's, these people need to get their money. Yeah. I don't know where they're getting it from. I don't know what all is going to happen in the future. But bravo, no pun intended on this um, documentary because I think it really put faces to this huge tragedy that they're going through. It's now not just widows and, 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 and orphans. It's now these real people that we get to meet and hear it hear the pain from them how this has affected their life because like you said Steve there's the scandal of it all and we like to follow the scandal and be like ooh mm-hmm. as we're sitting there drinking wine and eating popcorn but like when but you, this is real this is real and you realize the magnitude of this scandal I will never forget Kathy Ragomez ever in my life now after watching that I swear like this woman and actually Kathy and Kim oh weird I, I was just thinking that <laughs> I was thinking that (laughs) not to make this funny, but, but literally Kathy and Kim, like these two women played 
they they were so impactful to me and i i hope to see justice come through on all of this yeah i do too i mean i even chatted with another former client of his that thinks that there was a connection between a case that he was representing her on where he was trying to sue NBCU and how she believes that he may have intentionally through that, through their case to work out a deal to get Erica on real housewives because the timing of it all. This sounds very familiar. What is that? Um, I know this. Oh my God. Why is her name completely blanking? But there was a a ghost hunters lawsuit that he represented. Yeah. Wait. Yes. I remember reading about this. Somebody basically she was supposed, but then Erica just so happened to get cast on Beverly Hills. Yeah. And she's like, how convenient is it that he's suing NBCU and which you would think that would kill his relationship with NBCU. And now conveniently his wife is the star with the spread in people magazine about the new breakout star of real housewives of Beverly Hills. So that was interesting. Um, And I've done so many deep dives and chatted with Adam and Emily D Baker all about the Girardi case, like full deep dives where we get into all of the nitty gritty. I do recommend watching the Hulu special going into it. I was like, we're going to watch it and judge it and hate it and laugh at it and laugh at Beverly and, and Dana Wilkie. Um, <laughs> which I kind of loved in it. It was, it was. I, well, I thought Dana did great. Dana honestly, did great. Yeah, I I agree with Steve, and not you know I question why Danielle was on there. I really did. I didn't understand the connection, but we have to remember too. Dana sort of broke that all of this was coming before the divorce was even filed. She put this on her social media, yeah. and she said. A Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is about to file for divorce. So I don't know how the hell she knew before everybody else. I guess it's just her connections or whatever. But I think she said it in the in the video. She said like it was rumblings in L.A. or Beverly Hills that this was coming. I think she still has a connect, even though she lives, I think, in Miami or South Florida somewhere. She must still have her connections and friends out here because it seems that she knows a lot of the tea that's being talked about, at least in Beverly Hills. Yeah. And then I guess my next thing before we end off this topic, I'm just so curious to see, obviously, you know, the housewife and the hustler, this is so big. And today's the first day that it's been released, but knowing the impact that it's had on us, watching the victims, watching them speak, I'm sure that's going to put some sort of pressure on the court. The court will have to watch this. I'm sure the judge is going to watch this. I'm, I'm wondering if, or how this might change anything? Like, will this kind of expedite the process for them to get their money back? Will this put, you know, Erica under, you know, more of the line of fire? What's going to happen? What will be the ramifications of this documentary coming out? Because it's not like, you can't just put this out there and then, okay, well, let's back to our everyday lives. Like, no, it's obviously impactful you're going to take something from it. And, you know, there's a lot of lawyers and people who are involved in these cases that I'm sure this was the first thing that they watched this morning. I'm curious with y'all who've talked to Emily Baker a lot. I've talked to her in clubhouse before, but I was just thinking about this. So say in the future, I don't know if she's, you guys have heard an answer from her about this, but say in the future, they do all their investigating and let's just say Tom literally has no money left or there is no money anywhere. How do these people get paid? Did she ever talk about that? They don't. They don't. Nope. Once it's like. Once everything's liquidated, it's done, right? 
Yeah. It's like the way that she explained it. It's like, if you have, you know, like a glass of water and you try pouring it out and there's a hundred people waiting, but then you run out of the glass of water at, you know, number 12, well, 13 through a hundred, they're out of luck because it's empty. There's no more water to get. Same thing with the funds. Like, so like it's liquidated. Like the state or nobody will have the ability to help these people out at all. No, it's required to, I guess. Yeah. It's a prioritized list. Um, I think it's from the people who have filed since the beginning, but they'll go through the list and the list is apparently numbered down for the creditors, debtors, and the victims. And this person gets paid first, then whatever's left pays the second person and so on. And then once it's gone, it's literally gone. There's nothing else that they can do. And it's not a matter of when they were supposed to get their money. It's a matter of who filed first because that's the case that would then take precedent. So if you think about it, a lot of the victims, it's more of the creditors that were filing at the beginning. Later. The victims- Oh, wait, in the beginning. Yeah, the creditors were the ones that, or well, I guess, no, some of the victims too. No, I would too. say the victims yeah, the victim, Because they've been right? doing this. No, no, no. It would go with who started filing first because that case would need uh, to be closed out first. So a lot of these other victims that are starting to come out in these recent months, once this whole thing sort of blew up, those are the ones that are really going to be out of luck. Right. And I think one of them would be, and I don't mean to be disrespectful at all. I'm having like a blank moment in my head. What's her name? Josie? The um, one who, ju- oh, I know the one that had the wrongful, um, or not wrongful, the the bladder or the incontinence. Yes, thing, right? and she yeah. was supposed to get around a hundred thousand dollars. One hundred thirty-five. Yeah, yeah. I think that she, you know, even to use this as an example, she filed and they won that money for her. But I think she was just sitting around waiting to be paid out that money. And then once yeah. all of this started happening and coming out, I think she just like jumped in and added her name to the list but at this point you're kind of behind because there's so many other people who knew behind the scenes that this was happening and they started filing their lawsuits in order to get their money back so those people will come before her even which is terrible i mean it's i think personally the victims obviously should get paid first but that's not how the system works Right. And unfortunately, the only people that know how to utilize the system are the debt collectors and the creditors that he owed money to. Like victims trusted him, thought that they want, and they never thought they would have to really. I mean, you do have some cases like Rui Gomez who are like, we're threatening to sue you. And he was like, OK, well, here's a here's one million. I'll keep making payments. Stay quiet. So even with them, they may only get that one million considering the list of people that have already filed ahead of them. Even though they've won two cases. Yeah. And I have to say, it was very chilling to watch those voicemails that he would leave. Yeah. It was very, like, socio almost. Like, you know what you're doing is wrong. And you're playing off of the heartstrings of these mothers yeah. that, oh, it was it was disgusting. And it's it's crazy because I feel like, maybe I'm speaking for myself, but I feel like we all saw Tom as this, like, little teddy bear yeah that we've seen on the show and then of like they've said he is like you know the la lawyer the one the aaron brockovich like you know all of this this praise and what was really there the whole time was a wolf in sheep's clothing like it's just crazy and it's it's also crazy if you guys go back to one of those those moments on the real housewives of beverly hills where you know, Tom is addressing one of the other housewives and telling her he feels like she's like an alligator waiting to strike or whatever it was. You remember? It's like, it sounds like, and I hate to say this, but it sounds like 
you might have been projecting. sort of talking about yourself and yeah. like projecting that because it, we, after watching this, kind of think that you might have looked like the alligator from the side waiting to just, you know, take advantage, allegedly, of these poor innocent victims who you know the system better, you're more well-respected, they were trusting you. And the most disgusting part of it, I think I have to say, is watching the Rui Gomez family and knowing that he came to the bedside, was there when this man is covered in burns, like having to get reconstructive surgery, and is there telling him, like, you know, you're one of my favorite clients, and like, I'm going to take care of you, and I'm going to do this for you, knowing damn well that you were doing something else with the funds allegedly right it's just the whole thing makes you just feel gross you feel gross it feels dirty because you realize like how insidious and how like deep it was like how do you go to somebody that was has just been in an accident and i mean it like begs the question of like was this always the plan was this always the intention did it just get out of hand and he didn't know how to cover it and maybe you know there was still a bit of that heart still in him or did the ego of it all just get to him you know and and the weird thing is it's again like to me based on what i'm watching it seems like all of these funds, it wasn't like it was even going to, it didn't seem like it was going to, for them to live their life. It was to live Erica Jane's fantasy. Yeah. And like putting all this money so she could be Erica Jane. And it's like, I understand that, you know, she wants to have this career as Erica Jane as well, but at what cost? Yeah. Not victims' money. Yeah. Like yeah. what? This is not important. No, no one gives a fuck about Erica Jane when it means that it's coming from the money of your husband's it, victims. Yeah. You know. If anything, I hope that once uh, the dust has settled on the cases and the scandal a bit, and she is able to speak about it, because I'm waiting for her tell-all interview to come. Um, Once everything settles and she's able to speak out about it and she's not legally bound, I'm hoping that at some point she has that moment of like, I couldn't do anything then because my hands were tied legally. Right. But But here's what I can do for you now, you know, and I'm hoping that there's something there and that, you know, she can help kind of, you know, lead that. And another reason why I kind of feel like I've, been leaning towards her not knowing things is she didn't quit the show after all of this. Like most attorneys I'm assuming would say, get off the damn show. They're going to use anything you say against you, blah, 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 all this. Whereas, you know, Jen Shaw doing that is pure narcissism because you are charged with something, you know, what, you know, your consequences could be. And this is really dumb for you to continue to film this show. I mean, it, it'll give you income, but other than that, it could really f- fuck you up. Essentially. Or if you, if you play devil's advocate though, maybe since the heat was coming down, you know, I'm sure some fans will look at it. Like if this was a whole big master plan from the get go and you might've been involved, which I'm not saying she is at all, but I'm just trying to look at it from how everyone's looking at it. I guess Um, maybe it would have made her look guilty because she had already started filming the show. And then all of a sudden she says, I'm filing for a divorce. I quit the show. What? You know, people would have been like, but I think she's also saying, showing like potentially I have nothing to hide. 
Right. I, I can see it, it honestly is. both, way. both it's, ways. It's, yeah. it's going to be. But she could also be socio and yeah. literally like and narcissistic about it all and cool. be like, I don't care. I'm pu- I'm doing my show. Yeah. But, we'll have to yeah. see how it all plays. I'm curious to see what she once the women find out and start asking questions. And because all the women, Garcelle included, I mean, aside from Sutton, but I mean, is anybody? I don't, I don't know what's going on. Sutton <laughs> this season. Um, but don't aside, come for my Sutton. <laughs> aside from Sutton. They're all standing behind her. And that's a testament of like, if all of these women have heard her side of the story and have chosen to come out and stand beside her and not just be like, we'll see how it all shakes out. But Garcelle came out recently in an interview and she's like, I don't believe she knew as much as people want to say that she knew. I think it's very telling. And I, I do think with Andy Cohen still vehemently saying like, She's going to mention it all. Yeah. I usually don't believe those things because I feel like we get that told all the time to us. Oh, it's the best season yet. It's the best casting yet. Blah, blah, blah. But this, I, I weirdly believe this. And I f- also find it, it was so interesting on, I think it was the second episode in Tahoe when she said the two truths and a lie. And one was I wore a wire for a federal case. I'm curious, was she the one wired to take down her own husband. But they can't, can you legally can't do that? He hasn't been, yeah. You can't, you, no, you, I think privilege. as a husband and wife, you can choose spousal privilege. You have the option. But I don't think that you're oh. legally required to take your spousal privilege. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know. That Emily D. Baker, where are you? Emily D. Baker, where are you? I actually, yeah. though, I'm, I'm listening back to her book because I want to like take notes and compare it to what's happening right now, which I'll, I'll do a whole video on. But um, listening back to the book, she does talk about how one of the clubs that she used to work at, I think, was involved with the mafia. And so maybe that oh, was part Shakers, of what probably. she... I, oh, maybe it was Because it was next door to the Sopranos one, yeah. as Beverly reminded us. <laughs> um, Can't so with the maybe. Beverly. <laughs> well, we shall see. Um, okay, let's do a quick round of Shady Spitfire. So no long answers. Just quick answers from both of you uh, based off of what's happening in the news lately. Madison LaCroix has announced that she has a new man. If A-Rod slid into her DMs tonight, do you think she would dump him for A-Rod? No. Yes. No and yes. Even though I I think think the new man is really good looking. I think the reason no, I think she's been drugged through the mud so much over this that I, I don't think she has, she wants anything to do with that man. Mm. And if he's not good, if JLo is not good enough for a rod, Madison's not going to be good enough for a rod. So I feel like she knows. Well, didn't JLo dump a rod. Right. But like, because of all of this tea that yeah. came out, you know, oh, right. So right. like, if he's doing this behind JLo's back, what's to say he's not going to do behind Madison LaCroix. I think Madison like likes the attention that she would actually entertain it and comment. On, like, even when you look at what sources say about Madison's response, like, it's totally Madison. Like, it's like... Yeah, I think she likes the attention. She does. Do I think she'll actually take the man? I don't think so. I don't think she'll stick with him, but I think she'll play around with him yeah, to keep the story going. Okay, Kill Shag Mary. Kathy Hilton, Kim Richards, Kyle Richards. That is really difficult. Um, I'm going to marry Kathy. I'm going to fuck Kim or shag Kim, I guess. And you're going to kill I, Kyle? Sure I don't want to kill Kyle. I love I love all three of them, but my 
my loyalties are to the other two. Are you gonna take um, her out with like a a beam on the can set I of like Halloween not, hitting? Can her I just nose? put her? Can I not like kill her? Can we do something different? Like, I don't know. She has well, to hang out with the Gable Mastiff okay. or something. <laughs> Ken. Okay. Um, Let's do that. <laughs> go, Adam. Kill Shag Mary. Uh, I would marry Kathy. Um, Shag Kyle. And I don't want to kill Kim either. Can we just can we just put her off to the wayside or something? Sure. You don't want to. We already have. Somebody We've already down in their life. We've already. We already have. I think I agree. I would marry Kathy, Shag Kyle, and I don't know what I would do. I've well, apparently, according to you know all the blogs, I've already had a threesome with Kim Richards and Brandy Glanville. That so was one of my favorite scandals ever. <laughs> That you allegedly had a threesome with Kim and Brandy. I mean, I how re- that, would you even know what to do in that moment? That? <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't even know. That was my fa- that that was my personal favorite scandal. That was that was amazing. It was so ridiculous and just so like what, like what? And the fact that it came from Brandy herself yes! on her, I was like, oh my god. I was like, I can't. I this can't. blonde twink. Is that what yeah, she called you twinkie, or something? A twinkie, a twinkie, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Would you rather buy Sonia Morgan's toaster oven or Bethany Frankel's new hybrid toaster oven? Sonia's. Oh, Not a, I don't need a cheater brand. And I also think Sonia has the love behind her product. Yeah, but Bethany has the execution and the quality. Mm. Mm, that's okay, though. I'd rather support the love then you can go to where where's her line available at at, at Kmart where Sonia is Walmart the, the shade is oh. her Kmart is Kmart still a, a thing well oh. I mean her the the store that Century City wasn't that Century oh, no. City there it is that also yeah, got then they went bankrupt I they think, also right went bankrupt. I have yeah. to say I have two Sonia Morgan dresses and they're lovely <laughs> okay Adam whose toast are you going with Bethany's definitely execution. Yeah, Bethany. I, I think that they're, listen, you know, if it's coming from Bethany, there's quality behind it and it's going to be efficient. Now, if I put my toaster or if I put my toast in her toaster oven, meaning oh. Sonia, I might blow up my house. I don't know. Like there's shit might go wrong. So business See, practices Bethany, don't seem to go very. Bethany's execution was great until this new wine brand that she launched that was apparently not real. Or it it had been it had been around since it's been around yeah it's been around since like 2015 or yeah 2016. She just rebrand it? No, she didn't even rebrand it. She kept the name. She kept the logo. The original website with the original founder is still on it. But she's just like, hi, this is my new wine line. I like became an investor. Yeah, but she hasn't said that. She said it's her wine coming for Bethany and her stuff because she did send my hospital PPE during the pandemic, like literally a couple days after I reached out, and I will be forever thankful for that. But I still like some of the choices she makes. It's really hard to not say anything negative about her. She answered my cameo, so I'm loyal. (laughs) She's responded to me on Twitter, so I'm loyal. No, somebody gave me a bottle of Skinny Girl for my birthday too. <laughs> um, okay, I used to love Skinny Girl back in the day. I will say that it's not terrible. I like it on it. It, it does the job. It does the. Trick. I mean, I had to drink. I feel like we, you have to drink like a full bottle of it to actually like get tipsy. But tipsy girl, then you're not 
skinny anymore because <laughs> <laughs> you're drinking the same amount as like normal cocktails. Well, to help you get back into your your skinny girl, would you rather do? I stole Kim's goddamn house. Would you rather um, wear her best selling skinny girl shapewear or Heather Holla Thompson's yummy tummy slimmers? Well, Heather doesn't belong to yummy anymore, but I would take an old school yummy. For sure. Mm. No, skinny girl brand shapewear. I'm so loyal over here. Bethany, I'm obsessed with her. I would do skinny girl too. I don't know if I trust Heather Holla Thompson. Heather Holla Thompson. I love Heather Holla Thompson besides this past week. This past week was not great. No. That was awful. She's a lot. Um, okay, so I just had Jacqueline Laredo on my show last week, and we talked about her friendship with Teresa on the podcast. If you could spend a weekend with Jacqueline or Teresa, who would it be? Oh, Teresa, I want to hear the jail stories. Do you think she would spill? Yeah, I think that you get her a little boozed up, and she you get that, like that, that, is it Fran Drescher? Oh, that yeah. like manny yes. voice and you get the high pitch you do know do it like, over here yeah. and over here yes <laughs> I'm, I'm all for I would be for that was a terrible friend <laughs> and then Jacqueline Larina she's just nice and like kind of humble and sweet but I don't you know she like I don't think I would be Part so of- excited I'll tell you if you get Jacqueline drunk she'll spill everything I was just gonna say I feel like Jacqueline would spill a lot of tea I think like if I if you're saying we get like full access to either of them and they have to say whatever, I'm gonna go Teresa. I have a lot that I need to ask her about. And do you think I she's agree. gonna be honest with you? Well, no. I'm so saying she never called Melissa a stripper. What's that? I said she never called Melissa a stripper. <laughs> I never called you a stripper. <laughs> if we get no, if we get full like honesty, can ask everything. I want Teresa. I, I also, I think, I think she's going to be, a, she's a lot of fun drunk. Teresa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last one. Who was a better fit in the housewife and the hustler? Danielle Staub or Dana Wilkie? Dana. Dana. 100%. Dana had the receipt. Nobody understood why Danielle Staub was there. Yeah. They danced yeah. at the same like, to be, location. To be, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, to be honest, I like. Maybe that was where Erica wore the wire was to put Beverly away. Oh no. That's how they I love that conspiracy. Oh my God. No, I I thought, why is Dana going to be on this? But then now watching it, I'm like, I'm glad she was. She added some insight that I really liked. Yeah. And just to go back again, she dropped the receipts before anyone else. So I felt like it was an appropriate fit. Whereas like, you, I didn't, I didn't think that was yeah time. and I didn't think Danielle was an I liked Danielle but I didn't think she was an appropriate fit for the housewife and the hustler and yeah. you said that her extensions weren't an appropriate fit so they all across the board absolutely this were was not not an appropriate fit to be Actually, fair she's to, both like, a housewife that. to be fair she is a housewife a hustler and a criminal so she's got all the boxes oh my, checked that's true oh. you guys like, been there Mike done drop. that <laughs> She's like, you want to talk about wearing a wire? Watch this, bitch. What? <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you, guys. Well, I feel like we need to all three reconvene once we have the full story yes. on everything and see what, what we learned. Yes. We should do a finale, a Beverly Hills finale after the reunion podcast and just talk love about Adam, everything. You need collected. to come to L.A. and we should do a live podcast. You were supposed to be. I thought you used to live here, though. Too, he used right? to. And then he jumped ship. I did. To be fair, if I could, 
I would. But too. now you're gonna come back, and the three of us will have a live moment. Well, I might be in Orange County in July, or maybe even next week. So if I do, then I know the two people to call. I mean, Text look us. at. I'll bring the wine. I'll make sure oh. we get Liddy oh, City. Because you know, Florida can't get their transportation together. At least Zach <laughs> can get it for you. Exactly. Uh, exactly. I'll call down to the front desk in a minute and see if it's here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Wait, what was Tinsley's? Wait, and then if when you do, Adam, you need to give me model poses, like your old school modeling poses with the little banana hammock with the wine pole side. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I love a banana hammock moment. I I live in a Speedo. I know you do. I really do. Like you're always in a Speedo and heels. I have too big of a butt to to be wearing a Speedo. You have what? Too big of a butt. Even like better. We'll sell that's, more wine. That's the perfect reason to wear a Speedo then. I don't have a butt. I've never worn a Speedo. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Jason always makes fun of me when I go out with my short little bathing suit. And he's like, we're in Florida. People are looking at you. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Uh, where can we follow you boys, gentlemen? Uh, faces by Bravo and at, up and Adam. Steve, where can we Go and Faces slide into by your Bravo DMs. on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok, mostly Instagram, but the other two. Um, and yeah, we got a lot of fun memes, polls, discussions. Um, it's a great time. What's that? Instagram lives. Instagram lives. Um, there is something soon coming that I can't reveal yet, but something's coming soon and stay tuned for that. We love a good tease. Typic- typical housewife thing. <laughs> Sounds like a, a good toaster oven or a, a cheater wine brand. Yeah, it's a toaster <laughs> oven for sure. Uh, Adam, where can we keep up with you? Yeah, so um, on Instagram at Up and Adam Live, and then on YouTube at Up and Adam. I actually am going to copy Steve with the um, teaser because I do have a really fun interview coming up. I'm hoping that I can land it in person. And if I do, I will be going to LA, and that's when I will meet up with both of you. It's but Beverly. that should be coming up super shortly. It's Beverly, isn't it? Um, I think I'd have to go to Jersey for that. Where do we think Beverly's It's living? Erica Jane. <laughs> oh my gosh, I would die for that interview. What if it was? It's, I would, I, it would literally blow up the internet. I don't, she's going, she's going to take that interview and go somewhere where somebody's paying her buku bucks to, to, to talk and Not Wendy like Williams. she's already writing her book. <laughs> or somebody's writing it for her, one of the two. Yeah, I feel like because we already there were already like sources that revealed that she would definitely write a tell all. I think right now she's writing the tell all. She's preparing, she's getting her future set up. And I hope it's to help some of the victims. And it yes. says like yes. 10, 10% of the proceeds from this tell all memoir will be donated 100% to, the, to the, of the proceeds. Girardi Foundation to help the victims that he screwed over. Amen. Yeah, I definitely think it should be 100 for sure. 100% of the proceeds should go and help the majority of victims. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me. You can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. You can also give the show a follow at No Filter with Zach. And you can get my new Housewives Watching Rosé on sale right now. Get some No Filter Wine at NoFilterWine.com. That's NoFilterWine.com. My partners at Elix created a delicious light summer rosé. You're going to want to drink it poolside. The cans are small enough to fit into your purse, in your pocket, in your Uber, into the movie theaters now that that's a thing again. You're just going to be carrying these all around town, getting Liddy City. So go and order your Housewives Watching Wine right now at NoFilterWine.com but be careful because they are strong. 12.8% alcohol. Liddy City. 
be sure to give Adam a follow. Check out his YouTube channel. He's interviewing lots of great guests like Candace, who goes crazy on Twitter, but also Fallon, who spills lots of tea. And apparently there's a big guest coming up soon. Follow Faces by Bravo because Steve is always giving us such funny fucking memes. They're so good, Steve. Like, I don't know how you how your brain even has the time in between nursing to create such fun content. Thank you for joining me, boys. Happy Pride. Happy, 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 happy time. All right, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Happy Pride. Oh, don't get me started. (laughs) (laughs) Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Join us today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.